Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the EM360 podcast. My name is John Santa Ferraro, and I'm an industry analyst at Ferraro Consulting with 27 years of experience in data and analytics. In this episode of EM360 podcast, I'm excited to be speaking to Informatica's Ian Stahl, Senior Director of Product Management, and Chris Phillips, VP of Product Management. And we're going to be talking about predictive data intelligence and how to level up your business. Ian and Chris, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hey, John. Chris here. Great to be here. Thanks for the intro. Um, Yeah, as you said, I I look after the product management function in Informatica, focused on uh, governance, quality, and privacy topics. Um, I've been working in the data space, data quality space more specifically for for 18 years and, and, and worked with, with data in, in previous analyst roles, et cetera. So happy to be here. Looking forward to the discussion today. Great. And Ian? Yeah, John. And uh, yeah, I, I think um, one thing about this is you've got a couple of old timers here. We've both been uh, covering the data management space for a very long time. I've been doing uh, master data management, uh, data quality, and data governance uh, for, oh, about 20 years now. And uh, been doing was doing um, content management before that. So um, uh, we're coming to uh, this discussion with that perspective in mind. I would think should be a great discussion. Looking forward to it. So let's uh, let's start with this. Tell us about the shift that has taken place in the analytics industry, moving from business intelligence and dashboards to predictive data intelligence. What what exactly has changed? So organizations are increasingly focused on the data that they hold and how they can get value out of that data. Um, everyone need, these days needs data to be able to, to perform in their role, but um, saying that and actually having it are, are different things. So that there's a number of challenges that we see that come up again and again across organizations, across industries around you know, data being in silos and how to find, how to understand there's manual processes to try and get access to data. It's not really clear or easy to find out, you know, can I trust this data? Is the quality level appropriate for the type of analysis that I want to be running? And you know, how, how does this fit with the kind of policy frameworks that my organization is trying to put in, in, in place w- regarding how data should be used, what I'm allowed to use data for, um, and, and all of those things. So it becomes this kind of who you know, type of scenario or it becomes fire drills um, and that hamper organizations getting the best out of that data. Yeah, I agree. I I think one thing I might add to that, John, is, and this might sound a little meta, but I mean, we are the metadata management guys. So I feel like we can make a bit of a meta commentary about this, right? (laughs) So one way to think of it is, right, organizations have really had a priority for leveraging data in their business in business intelligence right so there's this practice out there called business intelligence which if you i mean if you think about what it is it's leveraging data to make mission critical decisions for the business right and incorporating those decision outcomes into their critical business operations and one way to think about what's what's changed is that organizations have started to look at data management as one of those mission critical operations that they need intelligence around 
right? So effectively what they're doing is they're turning the practice of data business intelligence and turning it back on their data operations to optimize and streamline those operations. And of course, they need active metadata to be able to do that. And more than that, they need that data to be available to any decision maker as part of that process. That's really what we think has changed and what's driving uh, the market towards uh, what we would characterize as predictive data intelligence. So the three of us know what predictive data intelligence means to Informatica and to you guys, but for our listeners, what is what is predictive data intelligence? That's a good question. Yeah, I would say, I mean, from our perspective, predictive data intelligence is um, the ability to leverage the um, the capabilities of the organization to get relevant data into the hands of decision makers when and where they need it in as automated and as frictionless a manner as possible. And to do so leveraging at scale, uh, metadata, you know, the um, machine learning and AI capabilities that use metadata in the organization that we, you know, we gather from the underlying uh, data state to be able to deliver that data where and when it's needed. I don't know, Chris, if you had a position about that? No, I, I, I agree. Look, it's, it's how do we enable the right people to get access and, uh, and automate the access to the data um, in an efficient way. So um, getting further into the prediction pieces then means being able to identify what types of data are going to be useful next, what types of data are related, should also be included for analysis, different types of analyses that um, organizations might want to run, et cetera. As, as the uh, data supply chain has become more complex and more people are using data, there's a lot of buzz in the industry around data sharing. What is the difference between basic data sharing and, and a data marketplace? I know data marketplace is a term that you guys use. I think you've created it, it's, um, and, uh, but it can mean different things. Tell us a, a little bit about that. Sure, John. Yeah, well, and I, I guess I would just reinforce the point you made earlier about, um, you know, the data landscape becoming much more compli- complex. I would say I, one thing we've observed from our customers is that our customers have really made this very strong shift to the cloud, right? And, 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 and part of that was that they're leveraging cloud pass infrastructure to try to lower that complexity, but in fact, in that race to the cloud, they've actually increased the complexity because organizations all by and large generally don't standardize on a single cloud platform or cloud pass infrastructure. So we have customers by and large that are using uh, AWS Lake Formation with a little bit of Snowflake in there, with a little bit of Google uh, BigQuery in there for good measure, maybe for some data science, right? And then that, you know, just sort of, it, you know, then they still have their on-premise estate. And that inflates a lot of the complexity, right? And that complexity is something that, you know, your typical business decision maker is just really not in a position to try to arbitrate, right? Now, one important aspect around data sharing, and I think part of the reason why it has so much buzz, is that people have realized that um, data sharing happens, right? And that data sharing happens regardless of whether you have a framework for enabling data sharing or not. People need data to make decisions. They need data to do their business intelligence jobs. And by hook or by crook, they get that data, 
right? Often from people they know, or they have some backdoor to be able to get access to, you know, um, Jimmy's, you know, uh, uh, Tableau workbook because he happened to work on a project with him or something like that, right? However, that lack of framework and that lack of governance control creates a lot of frictions around data sharing and also reduces the effectiveness and reliability of the data when it's used in that business intelligence to drive those decision outcomes. What we're doing with Data Marketplace, John, is trying to provide a one-stop shop that creates a sort of Amazon-like experience that allows data producers to create data products or collections of data products that data consumers can then browse and search for, just like they were buying products online. And to do so, then data sharing becomes less about who you know and more about where to go, right? If you can, you know that you can go to the marketplace and you can reliably find data that is meaningful or relevant to the, you know, to the analytics or decision process you're making. You can easily understand and trust that data, and you know you can get it because it's sitting on, I mean, to toot our own horn, the market's leading data management platform that can deliver data from the, across that, that complicated estate. That just makes it that much easier for you to find and access and use that data as you need it. And that's what we're really trying to do with Data Marketplace is just make that data sharing uh, facility that much easier to do. Yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, design thinking applied to the world of data, right? It's design thinking puts the customer at the center, and you're now defining that end user as a data consumer. You've got that absolutely right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, so so what do you mean by the term data consumer? What does a typical data consumer need from the system on a or just on, on a daily basis? What kinds of things do you put in front of them to help them you know, find what they need? That's a good question. And I guess I would say that the term data consumer, uh, you know, can be pretty broad. I, I, I think that if you, if you take the marketplace concept, you know, sort of to its logical conclusion, uh, a data consumer would be anybody in the organization that needs to be able to leverage data to create value, develop insights, or drive decision outcomes for the organization. And with that definition in mind, I guess you could say that, you know, effectively anybody inside of an organization could be a data consumer. Or increasingly outside of the organization, I think this is another thing that Chris and I have started seeing with the marketplace is that organizations recognize the value of their data, not just for internal constituencies to drive decision outcomes and to optimize business processes, but to leverage the organization's data to align across business processes, providing data into their supply chain partners or their distributors or other people in their broader ecosystem that need to be able to leverage that data to defriction business transactions and just make it easier for them to do business with them, right? And I think that's a very exciting prospect for us because it opens up possibility that the economy that data marketplace is facilitating isn't just something that's happening inside the organization, but something that's happening outside the organization. I don't know, Chris, um, did you have a comment about that? I think that um, this gets back to sort of, I think, the predictive data intelligence uh, thing in terms of like helping consumers that have, you know, different skill levels or or data literacy, right? Yeah, it it does. And I think that if if I was 
going to summarize it in a kind of short way. It's like, look, data consumer is anyone who uses and consumes data for their role. Um, to, to the earlier question around marketplace, marketplace enables them to actually efficiently find and get access to that data. Um, as Ian outlined, that that is starting to cross uh, organization boundaries. So going down into my supply chain, um, if I can share some of my data with my my downstream suppliers, um, they might be able to introduce inefficiencies and, and vice versa. If I can get insight into theirs, um, I can do the same. So. Yeah, I think look, a, a consumer is 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 anyone who needs data um, to to perform their role. Yeah, it's interesting. I recently uh, dug into about seventy different cloud customers, and I'm seeing increasingly that that data consumer is also their customers. So they're providing the same data from their enterprise out as a service to customers. So I'm assuming the marketplace can can handle that as well. Yeah, I think you, you got, um, I don't know, say large equipment manufacturers um, that, that work with public authorities, for example, who they've got data on all the equipment that, that they make that is being used in, in the public sector for transportation or, or whatever it might be. Now, the, the people who buy that equipment also want insight into the data on, on consumption, on um, what is likely maintenance schedule so they can start putting that into their own planning on hey how am i gonna uh, how am i when i implement this product how am i gonna do that right yeah awesome so so with your predictive data intelligence solution and your data marketplace what can the data consumer do that they couldn't do before there's a few things they can do that they couldn't do before and there's a there's a number of things that just become a lot more straightforward to do. Um, the, um, as Ian outlined earlier, the, the, the notion of the marketplace is this kind of one-stop shop where I can browse for or search for, for data that I need to be able to, to perform an, an analysis or, or whatever it is I'm doing. One of the big advantages um, of using something like the data marketplace is based on the data intelligence piece is I don't need to know physically how the data is stored. I, I can just say the topic of data that I'm looking for, I'm looking for customer data, loan data, sales data, whatever it might be, without having to know how or where it's stored. And I start getting, based on the more intelligence of solution, I get start getting more insight into not just how I'm using the data, but potentially how other people in my organization are using the data. Some of the more advanced trust-related metrics, both technical like data quality scoring, but also, as I say, more, more usage-based. Hey, I can see everyone in finance is using this data set uh, for corporate reporting. So that's probably a pretty high quality, accurate data set. Um, so I, I get all of that information straight to me that I, I traditionally would take you a long time to find. I would say the other thing, uh, John, that, um, you know, in addition to kind of defrictioning the consumer experience is also um, being able to scale the production experience. And I, I think there's two dimensions of it that I think are very critical to understand uh, what predictive data intelligence is doing um, in terms of enabling data sharing at scale. The first is governance. And I can't overstate this enough that, that really what it is that allows the consumer to find, understand, trust, and access data on a consistent and reliable basis is 
the governance overlay, the fact that, you know, I can, I can look at this data product and I can see what's in it. I can check it out, check out its quality. Is it any good? Right. You know, uh, you know, who owns it? You'd be surprised how important that is. Who else is using it? Right. You know, should I use it? You know, can I use it in a manner that's consistent with the organization's internal policies or our obligations to our customers or other stakeholders? Uh, you know, can I get it? Is it actually sitting in a location where where I can physically get it? Um, and to answer those questions across the broad and, as you mentioned before, very, fairly complex estate, you really need to be able to automate as much of the sort of basic grunt work of doing data governance uh, as you possibly can. And that's really where um, our AI ML capability in the Intelligent Data Management Cloud comes in, what we call Claire. Claire um, automatically uh, scans and inventories all of the data across all the cloud infrastructure that we talked about before, as well as your on-premise state. Um, and then it can detect, based upon patterns uh, that we recognize in data, sensitive data, data that may pertain to you know, key content that may, you may use for your analytics. It can qualify that so it can determine based upon rules that we set you know, at the data stewardship level, you know, how this data should be profiled, what, you know, what the score outcomes are. And then that's what ends up making its way into the data product that the consumer is evaluating. Right. And, and I think that um, that's really, I think, what enables the consumer to do what they couldn't do before is that all of that content is in the package, if you will, that they're looking at before they put it in their cart and they check it out. So I'd say, I mean, data marketplace gets a lot of glory here, but I would say that what wins the game is data governance and particularly automated data governance leveraging Clara AIML. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I'm I've been a big fan of Claire. I think since day one, uh, just the potential is being realized now, which is exciting. Absolutely. Uh, do you have Do you have any examples of uh, customers that are using predictive data intelligence in the data marketplace and really um, bearing the fruit that you're describing right now? Yeah, there's a there's a couple I would like to call out. One is near and dear to my heart because I happen to be you know a premier member of their loyalty program, and that's um, our friends over at. American Airlines, you know, they recently won our innovation award uh, at uh, the Informatica World that we held uh, back in May of this year. And in fact, that information award was about their data marketplace program. They have uh, stood up a data marketplace to be able to facilitate uh, the sharing of data across a number of functions uh, inside the airline, uh, logistics, operations support, regulatory reporting. You might be aware that airlines have a lot of regulation, reporting on um, operational expense, uh, and also reporting on things like operational performance, on-time uh, uh, you know, on departure and arrival, uh, time in flight, uh, um, logistics, uh, you know, things like that. That the marketplace was the paradigm that they used to be able to serve their internal consumers. But then more broadly, I guess, you know, really what's making it happen for them is that combination uh, that we have in predictive data intelligence, which is data catalog, data governance, and data quality, backing up that marketplace experience for them. Um, and they have a way to cater, for example, to people who have various uh, various levels of technical acumen and data literacy, too. They They qualify each data product as either a finished good or a package of raw materials, 
or just open data that you might be able to source. And that helps uh, guide the consumers to the right data product that's suitable for their needs. It's a very interesting paradigm that they have, which is, of course, why we gave them the award. Another one is a large insurance customer uh, that we have here stateside um, that we um, actually uh, implemented in, in partnership with our friends over at AWS, um, AWS Lake Formation. Um, this organization, Property and Casualty Insurance Company, effectively what they did was they automated the entire life cycle of their Lake Formation execution using Marketplace as the driver. And this is one of the interesting insights that we got from this customer was that um, you can use Marketplace as a way to signal demand for data. And if you can do that, then you don't have to onboard all the data at once. So rather than going through a process of sort of mass ingestion onto the cloud and then figuring out which data is valuable or not, they put the metadata on the Marketplace as sort of low fidelity data product. And then when someone clicked the buy button, they automate the ingestion and staging process into the lake so that the finished good, it makes its way out to the production tier. And then they can deliver it to the analytics or machine learning endpoint as needed. I, that was, I, but I, I think one of the interesting insights we got from that was that um, the marketplace basically is the way for them to determine where they should be putting their data management wood in terms of documenting, qualifying, synthesizing, you know, um, enriching uh, the data. Um, and that makes their data operations much more efficient. I th say, I, I, Chris, I, was, I know that there's some other examples out there. I got to know if there's anyone that you that uh, comes to mind for you. I mean, those, those are great examples you have. I know we have other customers that um, are, are working on, on these pieces. Um, we have people like um, Valmont um, who are taking data from a kind of perceived perceived risk to a perceived asset. So changing the culture and literacy around, around data. Um, and of course, they, they need the, especially to, to your point earlier, the, the, the governance catalog tooling, but also the marketplace approach to be able to, to support them on that, for example. There's other, one other one that I want to call out actually recently, which I, I, isn't necessarily a customer, but it's a very interesting use case for us. So we, I recently, I just came back from reInvent right after the Thanksgiving holiday, John, and um, we had a showcase at reInvent that was quite interesting. Um, you might be aware that AWS has a service on its marketplace called Data Exchange. Uh, which is a public data portal, right? So you can go on to um, a marketplace and you can get health data. They package up, uh, anonymized, of course, uh, telemetry data from medical devices and things like that. And you can use that for data science projects and things like that, weather data. There's there's, there's a lot. There's over 3,500 different data products uh, from 300 different vendors uh, sitting on data exchange. So as with AWS, everything AWS, they have economies of scale. What we were able to do with uh, data exchange is we were able to uh, use their services to be able to automate the ingestion of their data products onto the Informatica's marketplace. So you can effectively shop for AD AWS data exchange data on the private marketplace sitting inside of your own organization. And then uh, we can also package that data up with your internal data. So for example, if you have an analytics model that's used to make predictions about, for example, you know, some clinical outcomes or something like that if you're in life sciences, and you need to enrich that data with some third-party data that you might have gotten from you know, an external anonymized clinical trial, 
um, you can put those two data assets together in a single data product, and then a data scientist or an analytics person or something like that downstream can buy it. And by doing so, we've sort of defrictioned the process of being able to obtain uh, third-party data from the data exchange platform and incorporate it into your data product to make available to your consumers. Um, so that's, I think, another thing that you know we're seeing is increasingly this sort of convergence of internal and external data into a single data product or data package that can be provisioned to any consumer. That's yeah, a brilliant step forward, I think, to uh, helping organizations uh, really, really become data driven. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, we're just about out of time. So, just in a few words, where where do you recommend that our listeners start to move toward this vision of predictive data intelligence? So, uh, one thing I would say about this is that um, our customers come from all over the place, right? I mean, we've got thousands of customers that are leveraging our intelligent data management cloud to be able to achieve any type of data outcome they want right? Mass migration into the cloud, uh, modernizing their analytic platform, getting predictive insights into their customer using customer 360 views, uh, getting visibility into their supply chains, optimizing and gaining efficiencies out of those. And then of course, you know, running their, you know, their analytics and data science projects, uh, leveraging um, automated data pipelines that we stand up for them. And I, I would say in terms of where the customer gets started, I would advise or I typically advise that they get started where they find the need is most acute. So um, one advantage that we have is that predictive data intelligence um, isn't a product that you buy from Informatica. In fact, it, you, there's really only one product you buy from Informatica, and that's the Intelligent Data Management Cloud. And from us, you buy a block of capacity that you need on the, mark, uh, uh, on the cloud. And you can leverage any of the services that we have on the cloud to be able to achieve your outcomes. That includes the services that we were talking about today, marketplace, catalog, governance, quality, also master data management, data integration, mass ingestion, the, uh, as well as the real-time capabilities that we have for process orchestration and application integration. Right, And you can leverage those capabilities to achieve predictive data intelligence outcomes, or you can reorient those to achieve other outcomes as you need. That gives you flexibility to kind of start where you are rather than to start with a recipe that we might happen to prescribe. And a lot of customers, I feel like, um, really appreciate that flexibility that allows them to start where they're, they're, they feel like their needs are most acute. Well, thank you, Ian and Chris, for all your great insight on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure and head on over to informatica.com. Of course, we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all our major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to em 360 tech dot com.